0: Well, we are back. Yes, we are both back. Series 2, episode number 11. And I'm pleased to say, after his international engagements, Luke, you're back. How are you feeling? I'm very good, mate. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, we're good. So, yeah, we're back. We've got lots to chat about, as usual. Um, A big shout out to Aaron Lloyd. Thanks, Aaron, for your efforts last week. All in vain, unfortunately, due to some technical issues. Technical issues, um, and those were genuine technical issues, by the way, not made up. Not because um, somebody was setting themselves in sunnier climbs. Put you back here, yeah, number 11 of series two. Lots to chat about, as usual. So yeah, exciting times, Luke.
1: Always exciting, are you are you
0: are you going to be okay? You know, I know you've had a full week at work this week. Everything's everything's going to be okay, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really relaxed, mate. I've have had a nice break. <laughs> good, 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 good. Yeah. So uh, join us now for series number two. If you're a new listener, welcome along. You have probably got no idea what's going on at the moment. Uh, we'll fill you in in a moment. But yeah, welcome along, everybody. Exciting times. There's a, there's never. always yeah, there's always something that comes along, isn't there? There's always something that comes along with the old uh, podcast. We, we, you know, we chat regularly and um, things come along, things that pop up in the old Premier League and these things just happen, don't they? They like fall never, into the palm of our hands. Never a dull moment. Never a dull moment in refereeing. Never a dull moment, indeed. So yeah, so um, apologies first of all for uh, for last week's. Debacle. Um, there was a few technical issues. They just weren't um, manageable in the end. Um, and is it?
1: Is it got anything to do with you being rubbish at technology?
0: It, it's probably everything. Everything to do with me being rubbish at technology. <laughs> to be fair, mate. Uh, even at this moment in time, I just want to say to all of our other listeners. Here we go. Bienvenidas al programa en Nos que salió de la a todas las estrellas orientes de toda Europa, experimente a nuestros nuevos amigos en Palma, Mallorca. Good. I was quite impressed with that, to be fair. Yeah, that wasn't bad. I mean, I'm, well,
1: I, I don't speak Spanish, so I don't know if that was good or not. I but mean, it I'm, I'm, good.
0: Sure if you, I'm not sure how many Spanish listeners we've got, but here we go. To other special Spanish listeners out there? This is for you. The merry man feeling hot, hot, hot. Ole ole, ole. Ole ole. ole, ole, ole. Feeling hot hot hot. Yeah. Right. Question number 1, Luke. Yes. Is he a better trumpet player than you are uh we're we're at similar standards yeah, ah good so um a little bit of uh tomfoolery there a little bit of a, a little bit of a joke so let's let let's address the elephant in the room to start off with, shall we because last week you weren't here um we did try and record a podcast admittedly it was a bit of my fault um <laughs> so, so potentially although I'm not taking full blame for it, but um you went here, so where were you? Uh,
1: no, I, I was in I was in Majorca, um, but that that had nothing to do with the technical issues. Like we said, you know, you you had scheduled uh, an episode to be recorded. You even you even went through the effort of recording that episode. You just <laughs> pressed a few of the wrong buttons, and and then that meant that that episode wasn't possible. So yeah, no, but uh, yeah, I was in Majorca. That's right, I, I mean,
0: you could have just answered that question quickly, rather you know, rather than. Uh... Showing me that level of disrespect that you did, um, but you, I mean you've done it now, so let's move on. Um, so yeah, so you're in Palma Mallorca and uh, Mallorca or Mallorca, Mallorca as the locals say. So um, yeah, there was a few little. Let's, as I said, we we're going to address the elephant in the room just to get it out there because we're, we, you know, we've not we've nothing to hide, and, and evidently some other people don't have anything to hide because they've gone two footed into this, and you know accuse people from various organizations of, you know, they could have had this training event in, in, in different places. So, but they didn't, um, they went to Mallorca. So come on, this is your opportunity. Why Mallorca and not um, Malton Park?
1: Well, uh, I mean, we we obviously work out of Malton Park. So, you know, the the idea of these things is to, Get out of the your normal working environment, generate some different discussions in a different environment, and uh, and hopefully increase productivity and and uh, and different ways of thinking. So, you know, the the people in question raised, you know, why didn't we look at St George's Park? Why didn't we look at um, some Northamptonshire-based venues to do that? Um, we did. Uh, we absolutely did. I, I, I don't know if anybody's looked at um, trying to hire St. George's park recently, um, but famously really expensive um, and actually that expensive that a lot of the time, the FA don't even use it and even it's their headquarters. So, you know, that's the sort of prices we're talking about. Um, So St. George's park was a ridiculous suggestion and never on the cards because we don't get any level of discount. The FA don't even get discount at their own venue. That's how ridiculous that, that setup is. But, who are we to question that? So St. George's part was off the table. Um, we had a look at Whittlebury hall, um, again, you know, looking, uh, cause one of the comments was that we, we could have been contributing to the local economy. Um, so we had a look at that. And again, for the cost of one, one night at Whittlebury hall, um, or even a, a full day of conference type activity, um, for, for the number of people that we needed, uh, was, was through the roof. So, um, that stemmed a few different trains of thought, and where we could better spend our money, and that's that's where we landed.
0: Okay, so um, there were some accusations, and they're they're in the public domain. So I'm not, I don't think I'm speaking ill of what, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying what other people have said. It's not hearsay or anything like that, because um, he's, as I said, they're in public domain, they're in the social media. Um, you know they're out there some people are saying that you've or the n f a not you personally obviously uh have spent clubs money on this training event is that a fair reflection, or is that totally ill of what's what's actually happened uh
1: there's there's a lot of misinformation around this 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 whole situation I think one person. In particular, has as as used their position and and platform to 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 feed this misinformation, uh, particularly around the FA funding um, model that that county FAs are funded by. Um, it might have been what what that person's quoted might have been the case um, when when he was involved in county FAs many years ago, but um, I can confirm that 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 model has changed significantly since that person was involved. So. The information that he shared is unfortunately incorrect, but not surprising. Um and, and that's that's kind of fueled a little bit of those comments, I think, Wayne, to be honest. Um where we're at at the minute is the FA the FA fund uh probably just over fifty percent of the NFA's annual income is from FA grants. Um and actually what what was quoted by this individual was far less than that and and you know our our accounts reflect that so I'm I'm not I'm happy to stand by these figures because I prepared the accounts for the, for the last board meeting so uh, you know I'm I'm quite quite happy to stand by those figures the the discipline income that is supposedly quoted as as being our biggest form of income probably forms 20 25% of the NFA's income um so yeah the, the NFA's income is Is predominantly made up by FA grants. And obviously when we proposed this idea to our board of directors and council at the FA were obviously involved in that consultation process and the FA were fully on board with, with what we were doing and supportive of the event.
0: So those people who've, you know, made these comments, what do they have a representation on the, and if a board, councils, and things like that, do they have an input? What's the, what's the um? It, so, you know, what I'm trying to say here is, football is that you know, football is you turn up, you play football, and you know you have you have secretaries and you have um, you know meetings and what have you, and not a lot of people know what's going on in all these things because it's very kind of like it's 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 very administrative, isn't it? So what what's the what's the um setup? Can clubs are clubs represented by people, and how does that work in terms of councils and directorship and all that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right, mate and there, there's a lot of um there's a lot of opinions out there that it's it's an old boys' network and et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of it is because people don't understand the structure behind it. So yeah, I think you're right to bring that up, and and I think it's 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 prudent that we just spend a bit of time talking about that now. So the NFA is a limited company. Um, and, and we're, we're also not for profit. So that basically means that, 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 that any income or above and beyond our normal expenses then gets reinvested back into grassroots football. So, um, but we have a board of directors and we have a, what, what's called the NFA council that sits underneath it, all of which is governed by the articles of the association, um, which is all part of company law, um, which any company in in the in the country is governed by so it's not like um we're a rogue organization you know we have to operate within the confines of of company law so how that works is within our articles it dictates who can sit on nfa council and um each of our member leagues have representation on council and depending on how many member clubs they have depends on how many seats they get on nfa council so um and and I suppose the, the 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 ironic thing about all of this is the the organisation um, or the league that has taken the most offence to the uh, trip, shall we say, uh, is the organisation or the league that have opted to resign from their positions on council, and one of their one of their committee members was also in the in the recent past, very recent past, a a, a board director on the NFA. Again, resigned from that position because of their own personal reasons. And again, I, I'm not going to go into why why they resigned, but um, you know, from the way they've handled this situation, you can probably glean some idea as to why they resigned. Um, so that suited their own personal purpose. But what that's actually meant is that their clubs are no longer represented on the NFA council. So that league, the the members of those leagues. Um, the clubs within that league aren't represented at NFA level. So you know they've they've caused a lot of um, problems in terms of uh, what they wanted to cause regarding this trip on social media and things like that, and highlighting the issue. But what they've failed to highlight to their clubs is actually they were in a position or they were in a position to be able to stop it, to be able to offer feedback, but they willingly resigned from that position of their own accord. Nobody asked them to go, that was their own personal decision. So that's the disappointing thing from my perspective is that there, there is, a, there is a, a process and and there is a platform in place for these people to voice their opinions in a more professional way, let me say. Um, and they willingly resigned from that. And as of yet, have, are yet to nominate other members of their committee to stand in their position.
0: Okay, um, I mean, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a little bit more com- to come back from that, but I think, I mean, fair play to you for your your honesty and um and 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 professionalism in, in that respect. Uh, but let's move on to refereeing. Let's move on to the football side of things now, shall we? Let's move on to a more positive <laughs> side of uh, football refereeing. Um, and let's first of all let's talk about the Manchester. I mean, we we're not going to talk a lot this weekend about um. Two minutes decisions because, um, quite frankly, we won't have time. Uh, but anyway, uh, the big decision of the weekend, I think, it was fair to say, is the Manchester United Manchester City um, penalty decision. And I was I was in the car listening to the, the pre match and and the Bobby Charlton um, minutes applause, and it, it 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 made the hairs on my neck stand on end. You know, it made me feel quite a little bit emotional. To be fair. You know he is an absolute icon, and but then moving on to the game, and, and I was talking to somebody about this, like, and it, this is not refereeing, but when Manchester United set up with Johnny Evans still at centre half, you're thinking, Jesus, what's what's gone wrong with, with this club here? They're like a multi-billionaire club, um, but yeah. So I was listening to commentary. Kind of watching the game a little bit. It wasn't the greatest game in the world, um, and then they were talking about Mike Oliver as as VAR, and all of a sudden there was a VAR check. Which uh, to me, I don't know if it, anybody else was watching it, but it kind of came out of the blue. Um, and then they showed it on the screen. Paul Tini, who was the referee, he went over to the screen, and and, and you know everybody knows this. Ninety five percent of the time, when it goes when they go over to the screen. We all know the outcome is you know it's it's not like who or Coronation Street where we're thinking oh what what might happen here um but i mean what what are your thoughts on that decision first of all, and then i'll 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 say my bit.
1: I think that it's it's surprising to see an intervention on a challenge of that nature um i you know I think we talked about it in the pub, I think. That there, that there's so much of that level of contact throughout a game of football, that to to pick one and penalise it in that nature, it's it's harsh. And you know, obviously, we when we record this, we look to we look to do everything we can to back officials, and that, it, I think it's important that we say that it. There's argument that it's the correct decision. Um, it, there is arguments to that, and and I'd be more comfortable with it if Paul Tierney had seen it in real time, gave it, and then VAR backed him up and said, "Yeah, do you know what? That's a penalty." But the fact that Paul Tierney hasn't given it on the field, yeah, you know, and, and we can we can in the in the same breath we could talk about a Newcastle penalty decision um, that that caused a bit of uproar yesterday or Saturday, um, because. Again, Anthony Taylor's given that on the field, and VAR's backed him up and gone. Yeah, okay, we can understand why you've given it. Now that that's caused a bit of controversy, but I'm I'm more comfortable with that because that because of what Anthony's seen in real time. The fact that Paul hasn't seen it in real time, or he has seen it and decided that it's not enough contact for an offence, and then VAR's reviewed it and gone, well, I think it is enough contact for an offence. It's 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 for me, it's not a clear and obvious error. Um, if it's given on the field, then great. Let's back it because there is contact which could justify a penalty kick, but we shouldn't be re-refereeing those incidents, in my opinion.
0: No, I mean, some really good points there. Really good points. So, um, I was talking to to my mate. It was a Man City fan, um, it, and we were saying about. Um, well, he's not. He's not a referee. He's he's a football fan, uh, and he was saying that anywhere else in the field that's given, but. As I said to him, that contact doesn't happen anywhere else on the field. It always, generally, comes from set pieces that are pumped into the box, looking for those scraps. Okay, um, and you will see those challenges every game, every game of football, every game, without a doubt, without a doubt, ev- those happen every game, and we're not seeing referees give that. So I don't, I don't know, because obviously I'm, I'm not a to of this, but. You know, I don't know if if suddenly suddenly Howard Webb's gone right, lads. Um, there's a bit of an international break, you know, last week or whatever it was, week before. Um, we're gonna we're gonna clamp down on this because I, otherwise, I can't see why Michael Oliver would get involved in that. Now, it's probably not a good example because clearly, and I can't—is it Hoyland or whatever his name is? And I can't believe he's somebody paid seventy-two million for him. By the way, but anyway, that's another <laughs> that's another story. Um, there's clearly no attempt from him to play the ball. Clearly, no attempt. Yeah, there's a little pull, but they, the, the problem with that is they've been they've been getting away with it for so long, and probably next yeah. week somebody will get away with the same thing, and they'll come back and go, well, you know, you didn't give it, you gave it last week, and this week you're not giving it, and then comes that problem with uh, inconsistency where. People want consistency within w- within the match, but you're never going to get the consistency across a number of games, and that's the problem for referees. That they that they're never going to you know every referee is different. You might give that, but the next week's referee won't give that, and and that's never going to be consistent because uh, you're two different people.
1: Yeah, and just to correct you on that, um, there's no chance I'm giving that.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> I mean, like, like we talked about earlier, my dad quite often comes to watch my games, and and in the little debrief and the phone call on the way, home, am um, he will he will moan at how much I let go in those exact types of situations. You know, corners, that's going to happen at corners, and the the argument is it, it's the same at both ends. You know, both teams are going to defend corners the same way. Now, unless it's something that's completely out of the ordinary, you're gonna you're gonna be really fortunate to get a penalty for it. And and I think I think even City will admit today they were fortunate to get that penalty. I don't I don't think there's and I know you've done the poll and I'm sure you'll reveal the stats on on what the votes were. But I, th- I think even even Pep will probably admit that he's fortunate to get that penalty. Mate, mate, uh,
0: just to say to you, if that was given down the other end, Pep would be going mental. Of course he would.
1: I'm I'm sure I'm sure Ten Hag's probably equally as frustrated about it he just deals with those things in a different way I mean I didn't see I didn't see the game um, well I didn't see that that part of the game uh, I, I switched on for the last sort of 10 minutes or so when I was sat with you but um, you know I, I didn't see Ten Hag's reaction but I, I imagine he was equally as frustrated with that decision
0: I mean we're looking at we are looking at as I said earlier we're looking at that decision but um, ultimately Man United do rubbish <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but, if you're a main night uh, fan, we still love you and keep listening every week. We'll we'll pick you up next week.
1: <laughs> but that that's probably that's probably going to be one reason why that decision doesn't get as much spotlight as perhaps it would have done in another game because it was such such a one way what one way traffic game that the story is City battered United. The story isn't City got lucky with a with a penalty because ultimately it wasn't a game changing decision. You know, City would have scored three or four or whatever, regardless of, of what the whether that was a penalty or not. So yeah, it was the first goal in the game, so you could argue it was it was decisive in that sense, but it, it was it was one way traffic. Okay.
0: Let, let's move on. Let, let's move on because um, we've done we've done twenty two minutes already. Um, so one of the questions that came in, which I said I would cover this on, on this episode, um come from our mate cut no biff biff carlin and um so I'm interested to hear your your thoughts um about instructions to assistants so I'm talking about step 5 above so you know united counties premier league that that kind of level um where th- there's a bit of conjecture really about how much you want to get assistance involved in the game in terms of giving decisions um, so, in terms of what you instruct your assistants to do, or what you ask of them, what can you just give us a bit of a clarification? What you want from them?
1: Um, I'm big on I'm big on teamwork, and I, you know I think we talked I think we talked in the last episode about the the decision I had in the the Beaconsfield game where Steve-O, Steve-O came in with a red card. And I, I think that's my my key message to my assistants is don't let me don't let me miss something that everybody else is seeing but i'm very clear with that like i don't want i don't want a subjective decision you know if it's something that i've seen and i've decided that is is not a not a foul or whatever then you know i've seen it but if it's if it's something that is off the ball or something that i've you know just completely completely missed for whatever reason and i've just not given a decision on then yeah, if if everybody else in the ground is looking at that, going, well, what on earth is going on there? Then I I need them to come in and and help me out, and and that that's very that people will listening to this will think, well, that's very wide. It is very wide, but then you know the rest the rest of my instructions will hopefully narrow down the circumstances where they're going to come in on that, because you know we don't obviously we don't want to invite the 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 busier of our assistants in to start causing problems on on those on those occasions so i'll narrow it down um if i'm if i'm i'll move on and talk about penalty penalty decisions i'll often say i should be in the best position to make a decision so i'll always ask for fi- first bite of the cherry um and 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 then but then i'll i'll go on to clarify a couple of situations where i think they can help me out for example handball decisions so that I, I, I will highlight in my pre-match that I think assistants can add value when there's a cross coming in and the defender is is blocking it. Does it hit his hand? Does it not hit his hand? Is his hand in a natural unnatural position because they've got the perfect position to see that. If it's their side, obviously if it's the other side, I'm not asking them to come in. But if it's in their channel, then they're they're in a perfect position to do so. So I highlight that as an example. I'll highlight um, another one I like to use is is if a uh, if a a strikers coming through on the keeper it's a one-on-one situation again it's their side of the penalty area and we're in that situation where the keeper's diving at the the striker's feet does the keeper get hands on the ball or does the keeper just take out the take out the striker i think they they are in a perfect position to to give me an opinion on whether the keeper's got hands on the ball because you know when those those situations are tricky for us as referees in the middle because the striker's always looking to knock the ball past the keeper. Now, that movement of the ball can sometimes be the striker knocking the ball past the keeper, or it can be the keeper getting gloves on the ball from our position in the middle of the park. That's that's sometimes a difficult call to make. An extra pair of eyes with a different angle when they're in a credible position to do so, I think, is is a decision they can add value on. So uh, I'll highlight those two situations as where well. I think they can add value, and then I'll leave them to kind of work out how to gauge their involvement based on how I referee that game of football, basically. So I, I, I might be opening myself up for issues there, but I haven't had any issues. And I think I think how the pre-match flows and and where I go with it, and then how I referee the game, they kind of understand what they want or
0: what I want from them rather. Um, a couple of points, and I think this is really important for people who listen to this podcast who are not referees first of all um, and, and don't understand the complexities of the system so you're talking from a perspective of being a level 3 referee who've got level 4 assistants who they're, they're both the same level you know experience can sometimes be a, a, a difference but whereas the step I'm talking about with Biff and what I view um, they're level 4 referees and you could have a level 5 referee to a level seven, six or seven referee who's yeah, yeah, yeah. coming through the system. Um, and, and and a lot of what you said makes sense, um, but when, whatever level I was refereeing at, you know, on the UCL or Southern League or whatever, I think 95% of referee decisions are, go, are down to the referee um, because yeah. they should be in, you know, when, when you're at that level, you should be in a position um, to be able to give that decision. Those 5% complexities, which you've kind of alluded to a little bit, is those ones where you can't see because of your body position or because of, you know, natural um, football. You, you, you can't see the handball. You can't look through people. You can't, you No, know, they're not transparent. Um, the, the one you just said about the goalkeeper, touch you, that's where you need that little bit of support. Um, you know, you've got to take this into perspective. So, um, throw-ins are always going to be... This way or that way, and it's that bang 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 way. You know, it's not going to change the game. But decisions you want you want your assistants to help you out on are the ones where it's going to make a change for the game. So what you yeah. know, in these days we call them key match incidents or whatever they are. You know, back in the day with KMDs and all this kind of thing. Um, you know, back when I was refereeing at a decent level. Blah blah blah. But anyway, yeah. So you, you that's where you want them to help you out, but only when you want them to help you out. It's not it's not every decision. I mean sometimes i was i just i mean when you're speaking, I was writing some notes down sometimes when you when your assistant gives it i mean, it might even be a throwing, and the ball sometimes is so close to the assistant you can't really tell as an assistant what what the decision is and they'll go, well, it was right next to that person, but y- you can't always make that decision because it goes so quickly um as you just kind of said, I think it's a fair point, Ninety, ni- 95% of decisions should be the referees. Um, It's well those 5% weight, and that's where teamwork comes in, but teamwork's a lot more difficult at step five, where you've got, um, you know, not a lack of quality, but a lack of, ex- lack of less experience from people on the line. I mean, it, particularly if, you, if you're looking down the line where, so, I don't know if you, if people listen to this know this, but generally the person with the most experience will go down the dugout side because they're more likely to have um, interaction with people, whereas, and <laughs> and it's always a case, isn't it, where um, the, the non-dugout side is where most of the fans go down, so they're getting getting, getting the banter, yeah. the yeah. banter, yeah. that's what we call it. Um so yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard thing. Your assistants are there to to help you out, but they can't always help you out in the, in the situations where you want, as a club, you want them to help you out.
1: No, and I, I think that's that. You know, we we talk about best placed official being the one to make the decision, and and you're right. Nine times out of ten, that should be that should be the match referee, and and where where. I don't want to say clubs, but, you know, managers and, and substitutes let themselves down is is where the non-active assistant referee is stood in the same position as them, 60 yards away from an incident, and they're saying, well, can't you help him out, Lino? Well, well no, obviously I can't help him out because I'm 60 yards away and he's five yards away. So what like, what sort of credibility does that give to the situation? It doesn't give any. You know, if we we've got a better placed person to make a decision, they've watched it, They've seen it and they've made a decision. So what, what, what can I possibly add to that situation? Because ultimately, as we've seen with VAR and everything, football is full of subjective decisions. Now, when I used to run the line, did I used to agree with every decision the referee gave? No. Would he agree with every... Re- every decision that I gave. No. And I know that because we had the comms kits and I'd be, I'd be throwing in, Oh, there's a foul there. If you want it, I wouldn't necessarily flag it, but that's where the teamwork comes in at the top level. There's a foul there. If you want it. And the ref then decide, actually, no, do you know what? That's not, that's not a foul or I don't need a foul at this moment. Let's just keep the game flowing. And that's obviously impossible. at Step five step, uh, any, any step without communications kit, but that, that ultimately is the referee's decision. Um, and it is the best place official that should be making that decision, and most of the time that should be the referee. There, there is a few occasions where something miraculous has happened, and the referee is, you know, if they're sending off the wrong player, if they're cautioning the wrong player, uh, you know, things like that. Then I would expect the assistants then to to stand up and go, actually, that's the wrong person. You need to, you know, something massive like that that's factually incorrect. The assistants need to get involved in, but if it's a subjective decision, unfortunately, the the assistant may well disagree with it. But it's a subjective decision. The referee's made his call, um, and we haven't got VAR. So, yeah, it, it, you're right. Teamwork at that level is is tough.
0: Yeah. So going back to what you said earlier about the, um, the Man City Man United game um, or Man United Man City game. So if you you know if you you pedantic <laughs> about who was at home, whatever. So. 70% of people, 70, 73% of people thought it was a penalty, which is, I think that's quite interesting anyway. Um But it, there was a lot of viewers. So if you're viewing it, just make a bloody vote, for God's sake. Put your, put your neck out there. We're not going to name and shame you on um, our podcast to all our thousands of listeners. Um no, we might do. No, we won't. Not individually, but, you know, <laughs> let's, let's move on to something a bit more fun. So, I was back on the Nen League this weekend. Massive game this morning. Um How'd you get on? big one. It was Barn versus Eight Barrels. Um, not quite sure what I call it, eight barrels. Um, uh. maybe it was describing the referee's uh stature. <laughs>
1: I wondered where you're going with that. Okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> but um what one of the best games of football I've refereed for a long time. It ended up four three. We had a few cautions, what have you. And uh, what be... The, the beauty of this was that um, unfortunately last week's episode was we obviously got canned. Uh, this week, uh, we last week we talked about the state of the pitches at Everton Park, which was disgusting, by the way. Um, whereas this week I was at Milton FC and a lovely pitch. A lot of rain over the past uh, the past couple of days, um, but it, it was it was beautiful um, and a proper proper game of football, like an old school game of football, and a simping I mean, as well. Same bin as well.
1: It, it it does sound like a thriller.
0: Four. I mean, one team was three nil up. The home team Brown, was three nil up at half time. 3 four two, four three. Twelve minutes to go, chances galore. I mean, you can't ask for more than that, surely. No, no, fair play. And um, standing grassroots, um. I saw Richard Easton last week. Now, Richard, I know you're listening to the podcast. It's 34 minutes in, so you might you might want to listen to this bit or not, because he said to me sometimes when he listens to us, it helps him fall asleep.
1: Oh, charming!
0: Yeah, but he has sent me some good pictures, mate. And one of one of you at Moulton FC yesterday with the well. I mean, I was disappointed to be honest with you because I've seen a lot of social media recently about the uh, the ultras and you didn't seem to be surrounded by ultras where were were the ultras there or not the ultras were there and
1: i was sat in the stand just just a few seats along from them um because i was observing so uh it, it's much easier to observe from a seated position than a stood position so i did i did opt for the seated position
0: so what was ultra about them why why are they called the ultras uh
1: they just they they bang their drum they sing some songs um and yeah, they have a they have a nice
0: time. Their drum. Have you got one drum between them?
1: Yeah, they they got one drum. Yeah. And how many altars? I don't think they there? need any more than one. You how know
0: many one needs More than one drum. How many Ultras? Uh,
1: there was there was probably twenty of them there yesterday, but they they were they were a bit they were, they were apparently they were a bit understaffed yesterday. There there's normally more. There's probably half to mate. forty normally. Half term. Yeah.
0: They might be on holiday or something. So did it did it take turns to go on the on the drum?
1: No, they've they've got one drum man, and he gets very um very possessive over his drum because someone else tried to tried to play it, and he got a bit upset. But and um, yeah, I is, mean Lily, Lily enjoyed the ultras. I was too, gonna say,
0: to I was gonna say, is 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 Lily? Is she one of the ultras, or is she, uh, she, um, she a a trainee ultra?
1: She signed her membership for the ultras yesterday. I think she was she was very happy um being involved in that.
0: Yeah, and do you think she'll be allowed to drum anytime soon? no absolutely not. Oh, well, there you go. Anyway, so part two, we didn't we failed to mention we've got big guests coming up. We have got um Sam, we've got Jordan from NPTN podcast joining us um this week. We have got some big news coming up. Uh I probably should have mentioned it earlier, but we we didn't. And uh we'll, we'll move on from that. So we were going to talk about a lot more, but um we got we got a bit ranty, but more rants coming up next week. Stay tuned for part two. Okay, so welcome along to part number two. We are joined by the Royalty of Northamptonshire Podcasts, the NPTN Podcast crew. We have got Jordan Penny, Samuel Sullivan. Welcome along, guys. How are you doing, Wayne? We're, all right, on, we're all right, we're all right, we're all right, we're right. Luke, see you as well. So you can say hello to Luke if you want. How are
2: we, Luke? All
3: right, Luke. lads. So all yeah, like...
0: I wouldn't bother if I were you. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's nice. So if yeah. we're royalty, Jordan, does that make you the queen, or am I the queen? I'm not the one with
3: a
0: crown on. Lads, it's great to uh, welcome along because we've got some big news coming up. We've got some massive news. So now you are, you are now the um, the Shire Sounds. Um, the big dogs, Shaya Sounds, because you've got a new show coming up, haven't you? Tell us about the show first of all, before we can before we move on to refereeing and all that kind of bobbing stuff.
3: Yeah, so as you know, we've been doing um, um, a brief spot on N Live, um, and obviously from that, it's led on to Shy Sounds reaching out, um, and you know offering us our own own show. So uh, it's going to be more than football. It's predominantly we will be football. But I mean, we have to touch on other
0: sports as well as part of it, and we will be doing that. So we've definitely
2: we? got a couple of exciting bits coming up there yeah. as well with the other yeah. sports. Like I think we've connected with Corby Boxing Club and a couple of other bits and bobs, like some semi, uh, some pro wrestling in uh, Kettering. So
0: I mean, that'd without, be brilliant. You two, numbers, you like. two, one on one wrestling ring. Who's going to win? <laughs> Come on! What what what's your wrestling name, uh, Sam? What's your wrestling name? Come uh, on!
1: Oh, that's a killer
2: isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't Ooh. know, I haven't really thought about it, but I'm obviously just that couple of inches taller than George, so obviously I look winner. I'd say it's more than a couple, but I'm not
3: <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> I'm moving away from wrestling, I'd like to get Sam in a boxing ring. I mean, that be a good. <laughs> oh, one. All right, all right. lads, lads, lads.
0: We, we your you this partnership. Let's not break it tonight. We, we watched <laughs> no. a fury. We watched a fury fight last night. That was a debacle, as it was. But so the only t- problem
2: is Wayne. You'll have to take a ticket, mate, because I think there's twenty, thirty people in management, football, coaching that want to jump in the ring with me as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's back back to back to the subject. So, talk to us about the show. When's it going to be? Where it's going to be? How can we listen to it? All that kind of thing.
3: Uh, so it starts. We haven't actually got a confirmed start of that yet, but it's it's likely to be middle to end of November. Um, it'll be we've got a Sunday night slot, um, so we'll get all your weekend football coverage in there as well. Um, obviously, Sam's doing some work behind the scenes as well, getting a load of other sports involved. Um, but you know, we're, we're really looking to bring sort of everyone so everyone together. It's North Northamptonshire, but we obviously want to make it Northamptonshire in general um you know yeah the
2: remit's very open jordan isn't it that yeah. they want us to look at as many different sports and as many parts of the county as physically possible to be fair um, and they've kind of give us the reins on that kind of just said here's your show lads make it your own
0: so a little bit of breaking news coming out here that we're going to be joining you every now and again i believe and doing a bit of referee chat i mean yeah. what a massive opportunity for me and you, Luke. I mean, we. Luke we we were like um, just thinking our three listeners would would be happy listening to us but we're we're going massive well yeah Yeah, we tried to get
2: in Pete Walton gents but then we have to
0: (laughs) say for you uh... you didn't say that last week
1: (laughs) 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 I mean I'm I'm, I'm happy Uh to be second in command to to Pete Walton I ain't got an issue that (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, Andy is not available either. But, uh, I mean, last time we had Andy Warman, he was charging his uh, Nokia 33 10 up at one point.
3: <laughs> no, like you say, yeah, we you, you get your lads on every week and you'll just sort of give us the rundown of the weekend's
0: obvious uh, decisions, shall we say, if that's all right. <laughs> not from the Nen League, obviously. <laughs> no, of <course> not. <laughs> So I mean yeah we we're, we're really excited to get involved in this. I mean we as you you know yourselves and ourselves we we we, we never started out with any uh you know massive ambitions and and what have you but you know it, we we enjoy it. It's just like getting our names out there and talking about things and you know the social media interaction and what have you and uh, and I think that's the thing for you guys as well because you've done what we what I can see anyway and um you know what? What we're seeing as as a county is that you've you you gone out there, you give your time up yourselves, and and we and we see all this interaction. I was even looking yesterday with the NFA um, Junior Cup with the Chenix and Solby game, and just seeing that pushing it out there to people is really really important because we we're living in a in an age now of of social media, um, and you guys are smashing it. We just need a social media director, <laughs> if I'm, but we'll part, we'll park that to one side <laughs> at the moment. Um, but how? Is it just you two, or have you got other people involved as well? Um,
3: no, so it started with me and a couple of other lads. Um, obviously, Sam, as you probably know, was a guest at the beginning of the podcast. Um, the other lads, they're good lads, but they just they just couldn't give us the time. Um, Sam, obviously, knew a lot of people in football, so we got him involved. And Sam gave a lot more time than than anyone else, really, to, to get it off the ground. Um, where we started was similar to you, lads. It was just love of football wanted to be involved in the game. And, um, you know, as, as we've done more and more, we wanted more and
2: more. It's, it's definitely escalated from there, gents. So we've kind of got like our own YouTube channel now. and um, we've got our own website. And obviously, as you said, our socials are, are very kind of like prominent quite a lot of the time.
0: I mean, we need to do yeah. some of this stuff, mate. I mean, we're, we're, we're massive on TikTok, by the way. I mean, well, I say we're massive. We? We, yeah, we got hundreds, hundreds of views one day. Everyone watch TikTok these days. I mean, I don't know. I don't really know how to use it, um, apart from when I'm making a recipe for my uh, protein and my chicken. Uh, if you hear someone crying in the background, it's not my wife, it's uh, my dog. He's <laughs> crying about something. But anyway. This... Now that's
2: Jordan about the Man City result. <laughs> uh, it's 2-0 and I turned it off. Don't worry about
0: that. <laughs> so you, you, you're, you're a Man United fan, Jordan? Uh, uh, for my sins, yeah. So, so I'll
3: say for my sins, I, I had 20 good years, and now I'm <laughs> paying the price now. So in term- oh, it's reverse
2: for <laughs> my teammate. I had 16 years of rubbish, and then a couple of good years, and now another year of rubbish.
0: <laughs> so in terms of let's, – let's move on to, to the refereeing side, because um we've chatted about this. So the big thing, people talk about it in this country, about VAR, and what are your thoughts on VAR? Because – you know, neither of you from a refereeing background, you're, you're football fans predominantly. What are your thoughts on VR? Do you like it now? Were you the ones who were clambering for it in the first place and now you're going like, oh God, I wish we, we hadn't said that. But what, what are your thoughts on it? So, Jordan, I'll start with you.
3: Yeah, I, originally when it was first spoken about, I didn't want it, to be honest. I just thought leave the game the way it is. Um, you know, like in the olden days, an off-cycle, if you get some Go for here. Um, yes, we go against it. Part of the game. That's the way the game was. Um, it's coming. It's a it's, it's good thing, I suppose it is. Um, do I like it? Not really, to be honest. I think, I mean, refs get all the stick for it. Like I think you'd agree, but um, it's not there. I think it's just a new technology that's been thrown on them. This is how you use it. Go and do it. I think it needs to be, the process needs to be sped up, but you can't put it on the refs. It's, it's the laws of the game are are tricky. Some decisions, are, it's, tackles, for example, they're divided opinion, don't they? And if you got one man looking at a screen saying, and someone in his ear saying, "Look, this should be a red card," that's not the modern opinion. That's telling the ref that's the decision. If you know what I mean? Right. Oh, no, not, go go back. Around.
0: Go back to the first decision decision today about um, the, the the penalty. What were your thoughts on that? Because that's never going to be given in real time, because it, as it wasn't. So what were your thoughts no, on that? No,
3: um, that's, it, that's, that's That's the thing. You slow anything down, it's going to look worse. Um, like you said, back in the day, without VAR, no penalty you get on with a game. I don't think City would have had an issue with that. Um, but you slow down and have a look at it, yeah, it's a penalty. And we, said that, we said
0: this early on in the show, is that if I was given the other end, Pep Guardiola's you're know, you you're getting him off the roof of the Old Trafford Stratford end stands because he's, he's that angry about it, Luke, fair to say? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. and I, I think I said Jordan that I've, I, I'm not particularly comfortable with that being given as a penalty the way that worked today I think if Paul Tierney gives that in real time, he sees the pull and he gives it and VAR backs him up I'm more comfortable with that because yeah, yeah. that's the on-field decision the fact that we're referee or re-refereeing that situation when Paul Tierney's probably seen that in real time and decided that it wasn't enough for a penalty because it's not in real terms, it's not enough for a penalty, is it really, in those types of situations. That that level of contact in that situation happens all the time across every Premier League game, and it doesn't get penalised. It's just today, I think United got a bit unlucky that they chose to penalise that one.
0: Anyway, Sam, um, we don't need to worry about this because we both support teams in the Championship, and and this is a clean podcast. Uh, We're both rubbish. Um <laughs> we're my Rubbish and you this weekend, evidently. But well you know, we'll give you give me your do. What do you what do you think about VAR?
2: Um I was one of the ones calling for it in the first place, to be honest. Um from a because I'm a coach that um, likes to be quite vocal on the sideline, which I'm sure you guys already know. Um, I like any kind of percentage to help me out. So if I was a, a top Premier League coach, VAR would help me out, I feel. Um, compared to like the the possible human error of a ref on the pitch at the same time. Um, But after seeing you guys say something on socials over uh, during the week and obviously seeing the rugby, I feel VAR is missing a a vital component of what's actually needed. I think the talking from the ref would help as well because I want to hear everything from both sides. If I want to give an opinion or I feel that I want to give an opinion on something, I need all the information possible. And I think that would help kind of take some sting out of situations where the fans in the ground are baying for blood. If you hear the ref and the discussion's going along a bit more clearer, I think that would certainly help kind of the whole situation a bit more.
0: It's a massive thing, yeah. Luke, it's a massive thing, this, because we we didn't get a chance to talk about this, and we'll talk about it next week, definitely, is that we chatted about this, about I think rugby and football are totally different, whereas in terms of interpretation of laws, I mean, let's be honest, we don't know what's going on half the time with (laughs) rugby, but the the (laughs) communication from the rugby referees from the two games I watched this weekend, so England and Argentina and South Africa and um New Zealand, is that they were really clear on what was given and, and going over to the captain saying this is what's happening, this is why it's happened, and it kind of killed everything. I think there's more interpretation in football, which is difficult, but I I could take your point there, Sam, is that in that if you explain to everybody why that decision had been given Um, and you said to the captain, this is the way I've given it, I think that might help things.
2: I think it would give the respect factor. So I'm not really the biggest fan of rugby, but it always baffled me how a ref that's like five foot can be respected by (laughs) rugby players that are six foot nine behemoths. What are you you trying to say about us five foot people? (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know what I'm saying, Jordan, like somebody of authority (laughs) on a pitch with like big giant muscle-bound goliaths and they're all listening and respecting that geezer, there's got to yeah. be some type of reason why that is, obviously because of who they are, but then giving them clear, concise um, talking to about what's happened in that situation that all the crowd can hear as well. I think that really does help. Imagine that was at a big game in the Premier League. You're hearing the referee and what he's saying. Like It might take away some of the abuse the ref will get. I'm not saying it would solve a problem, but it might stop that abuse a little bit
0: more. Okay. Sam, so here's a question for you then. Um and I'll go back to an, an example I had from a Sunday morning football today. Um do you think rugby players uh, understand the laws because the laws are, are quite not so in, you know subjective. Do you think they, they would understand it compared to football? So you're a, you're a youth coach, yeah? Do you yeah. ever talk about um referee decisions in your coaching sessions?
2: Um, not decisions in particular, but how to deal with them as such. Yeah. I teach my players that they have to be respectful to a ref. If they don't disagree, yeah. uh, sorry, agree with a decision, mm-hmm. it's just unlucky. You have to stay professional. Professional is yeah. one of the key words we use in our academy. Okay. You have to stay professional. And if the refs are hum, human, everybody makes mistakes. And that's what we try and jump into mm-hmm. our kids. So ultimately we don't want them to go on to be 16 years old, abusing yeah. a 14 year old ref or an 18 yeah. year old ref.
0: No. Uh, this is not you know a dig at anybody so luke we had a we had a conversation a few weeks ago um about um p- promising attacks yeah yeah and and in this morning in the in the big game between Stanley's barn and eight barrels you know they selected the big dog to referee it, uh, <laughs> but he wasn't available, so they got me instead <laughs> and i was, I was trying to explain to one of the players so there was a there there was a careless challenge in the center of the park um and they went on, and the ultimate um uh, the, end of the, the end of the move was there was a shot on goal. So I was like patting myself on the back thinking, that's a bloody great advantage. Let's move on. And he's going, oh, you need to bring that back for caution. I went, but why? And, I was, and he was going, because it, it was a foul. I said, I know that, but you, it was a promising attack. The promising attack happened, so it didn't stop the promising attack. And, it, 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 and, and I spent that couple of minutes with, with the player and at half time trying to explain it to him, and his team is trying to explain it to him as well, they've had the promising attack. And at this point, it's like, oh, you know what? I can't be bothered anymore. I can't be bothered anymore. Um, because I'm trying to explain it to you, but you just don't get it. Do you think, you know, with rugby and football, Luke, there's two totally different things there?
1: Yeah, d- definitely. I think also that the process is is completely different as well, isn't it? I think, like, the ref, the ref in rugby is watching watching the decision on the big screen, isn't he? They they show that that's his VAR screen is the big screen in the stadium. So what he sees is is what the fans are seeing and then obviously they've got the additional communication that they're hearing from the the TMO as they call it and, and the referee. So that that whole process is it whilst football has got a, a lot of differences, it, it, it can learn a lot from that process. And that I don't think anybody anybody in the in this country, is disagreeing that football will benefit from that level of transparency. Um, it, at the minute, it's just FIFA that's that's stopping it. Um, that they, they they won't allow live broadcast of the the communications. I I was wondering if if you two guys if, have you seen some of those shows that Howard Webb's been doing with Michael Owen? The 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 on I think it's on Sky Sports with where he he talks through some of the key decisions they have the they show the footage but with the the referees and VAR communication audio over the top have you have you seen any of those no
2: no I haven't seen it from one uh, okay. I'd be interested to see those though
1: yeah uh, well we'll we'll put some we'll put some of the links on our social media because they're I I think they've gone a little bit under the radar to be fair and like mm. if you guys if you guys haven't seen them that's probably the case because within the refereeing world it's interesting for us as um sort of referees lower down the chain that don't operate with communications kits to understand the the level of communications it's interesting for us but never mind people that aren't actually referees and don't have that thought process so i think that's that's sort of the pgmo's middle ground at the minute is they can't they can't do live live broadcast of the audio so those controversial decisions um that that happened They they're kind of doing them like once a month at the minute um just hand picking five or six decisions showing the showing the footage and having the the audio over the top with the the full on-field referee team and then the communications between uh the VAR and and the on-field team as well just to to give people an idea of how the decision's been landed whether whether it's right or wrong you know they they did the they did the Liverpool one um which obviously was famously very wrong, uh, where, <laughs> where there was nah. any number of errors involved. But you know they, they, they shared that one in, in their defence and and not not to try and um, throw anyone under the bus, but just to let people understand what went wrong. Because ultimately we're all human beings; mistakes are going to be made. It's not great that it's happening at the top level, but um, so I think those those types of things are helping. But until FIFA say, yeah, you can you can do live broadcast of of those audio and and the other thing that disappoints me guys is that the commentators on on tv have the live feed in their ear of they the they? var they hear everything yeah. but right. how how often do we hear they, they and the reason that that happens is again because fifa won't allow the live broadcast so that's like a middle ground well if we if we feed it into the commentators they can then pass on what's happening but how often do we hear what's happening we don't so, like, the onus is kind of on the media in this situation to help give a little bit of transparency to, to the situation because, at the minute, the way the rules and regulations are, as set by FIFA, it, it can't happen. So, there's a few things that they're trying to do, but they're just not quite working at the minute, I don't think.
3: Uh, I, I just wanted to run back on, on a point you brought up a minute ago, like when you said the... Um, <clears throat> about rugby, the screens at the stadium. Um Obviously in football, what's your opinions on excuse me, when it's like a bad tackle, a late tackle, or a player's gone over the ball and gone into and, and he's gone the rest's gone over to the screen, he gets shown the first image he sees, is that still of the connection between the player and the player's ankle, for example. Do you think that's right or do you think it they should be able to see it the first thing they see is in real time, see the tackle again? Rather than just that, still of their foot on their ankle, you see that and you, you know, what I mean,
2: half the time, mind's made up. I oh, know he's got his ankle bad tackle. Yeah, because that gives pre doesn't it? See, yeah, that still straight
0: away. I'm not sure because I, I think I don't know if you agree, <laughs> or Luke, but or not Luke, but um, I think it's it's really difficult when you. I know you two don't referee. It's really difficult to judge where a point of contact is when you're refereeing because things, even at Sunday morning level. Things happen so quickly. And I know what you're saying about slowing it down. It, look, it does look worse. But then you've also got to think about where the point of contact is and how that tackle's gone in. And I know what you're saying. It does look worse. But if you go back back to rugby with the old um, things with head challenges now, you've got to see where that point of contact is. Um, so I don't mind it seeing, seeing it slow down. I don't know what you think, Luke.
1: Uh, I think the the key thing is you've got to remember the reason why they're being shown that. So the the whole point of VAR is to to show evidence that a a decision is clearly and obviously wrong. So if a referee's seen that challenge on the field of play and deemed it to be a yellow card, the, the VAR's job then is to show that referee the evidence that they've made a clear and obvious error. And one of the easiest ways to do that and the quickest way, because bear in mind your point earlier, Jordan, you know, that there's a, there's a desire from football for this process to be quicker. Um, one of the quickest ways to do that is to, as Wayne's highlighted, show the point of contact. This is where the challenge made contact. So that that's a key piece of evidence. It's not the only piece of evidence yeah, they yeah. need, but it's a key piece of evidence. So you, you're showing a factual thing, actually. This is where the player made contact. The more subjective things are, the the intensity, the force within the challenge. Now you can only gauge that by watching a challenge in real time. You can obviously slow it down, and as we've said, it makes it look worse. And there's 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 benefits to slowing it down to see various different elements of the challenge. But the only the only way you're going to really see the real intensity of a challenge is watching it in real time. How quickly is that player running? What distance are they coming from? Are, are there is it two feet off the ground? Uh, you know, if they're if the whole body's off the ground, then they've got no control. All of those types of things. But I think the reason they do it that way around is let's show them a still of the point of contact because that's a factual piece. And then we'll show them a replay of whatever angle we think is the best way to show that they've made a clear and obvious error. And then it's down to that referee to to make a judgment based on what the evidence the
0: VAR has shown them. Yeah, fair enough. Good point. I want to go back to a, a point I wanted to make earlier, um, which you, you two... Um... Our guests too too, <laughs> it's like a bit impersonal. So, <laughs> sure. so one thing I've been, one thing I, and referees are really boring people, by the way. You, you probably okay, realize okay. this, but we pick up on things that probably people who are watching it are thinking what anyway. Um, the commentator last night was talking about I can't remember what isn't it. I think it's J, no J P Doyle was the guy who was... you know like the Peter Walton of. Referee and who's he's he's done the done his done his service and he's come and he's talking about it. Um, so Wayne Barnes, who w- was a referee, <laughs> we did not mention Wayne Barnes, who's like first English referee since nineteen ninety five. Uh, Ed Morrison that was the last one. I know his stats, and he was talking about, hi- but you know, back to what we're talking about, he was talking about um, him and the TMO. I can't remember what his name was, and they were in constant communication, and they were like literally, "What do you think of this?" What you think of this? What, what I'm thinking this, you're thinking that. Is there, a, is there, Luke, and whatever, is there this possibility that the referee and the fourth uh, fourth official or the VAR or whatever should be in that constant contact about what's happening? Because that's come, for me, it's come across massively in this Rugby World Cup. And you said last night when we were talking by text that. You know, we me mean you. We haven't got a clue what's going on half the time, but the, the communication between the two of them is absolutely awesome because they're just uh, yeah, talking it, all the time.
1: It's it's unbelievable, but I I just I don't think it's possible in football because rugby is a lot more stop start than football is, right? And and if we if we start distracting ourselves by you know whilst what what we think is a is a low risk period of play, so we can have a chat whilst play is going on with our mate in the VAR booth to say, right, what do you reckon about this? What do you reckon about that? Suddenly, our focus is lost on that current period of play because we're still trying to focus on what just happened. Is that because football's quicker?
0: Is that because football's quicker?
1: It's just not a stop-start, is it? There's there's more natural... Yeah, yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. That's fine. I'm I'm not questioning
0: you, I'm just saying... I just want you know for people listening yeah. is that because football's kind of bang bang, easy decision, easy decision. Whereas rugby is like, there's a decision we're stopping, easy decision yeah. we're stopping.
1: Yeah. And and there's there's a lot less of that time pressure that yeah. like Jordan's already referred to and things like that. I just I think the the way the way VAR works at the minute is the referee describes in real time what he sees. So you know you talk about you talk about the Man City Man City Man United penalty decision today Paul Tierney would have would have explained what he's seen and explained why he didn't think it met the threshold for a penalty kick now Michael Oliver's listened to that explanation watched it back and and decided that what Paul has explained to him is a clear is a clear and obvious error based on what he can see now the, the issue that we have with that is we don't know what Paul Tierney said to Michael Oliver in terms of his explanation of what that incident and what he saw. So if, if Paul Tierney said over the comms to Michael Oliver that there's no contact, the player's just thrown himself on the floor, then that is a clear and obvious error because there was contact. If Paul Tierney's explained the level of contact and said, I've seen that there's contact, but for me it's not enough contact to make the player go down, then... Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's right that Michael Oliver's come in and said, Well, actually, I think the contact is high enough. You know, that that's more of a subjective call. So the fact that we're not hearing how the on-field referee describes it means that the process isn't as transparent as it could be. But that's all the stuff that we've already talked about. I think, you know, we'd love to be in a place where we're working as effectively as rugby is, but we can use them as a as a as a model but I don't think their process will necessarily work for us because of the the different style of game that it is.
0: Uh, and going back, so I said too early, I was talking to my mate in, uh, about the Man United-Man City game, and I can't remember which World Cup it was because I'm, I'm getting old now, but do you remember when um, there was Howard Webb's, when, the one he did the final in? Yeah. And then in one of the group games or first games, he gave a penalty for holding and it was against whole, Poland i think wasn't it yeah i said that it was yeah. against Poland and the yeah. whole world kind of exploded yeah. um um i was saying that sometimes what we don't see as a general public and us as referees as well is that um they will come out with new directives or not new, new directives but they'll they'll come up with things like wait uh, like we're going to clamp down on this i mean who's to say we don't know this but they they wouldn't you know come out and talk about this in the general public say so we're going to come down on this um kind of offence because if they've said right we're going to clamp down on holding in the box then fair enough but as we said earlier the problem now is there isn't going to be that consistency because if you think about the Inanna decision a few a few months ago mate right? yeah, yeah. you know you know yeah, when it he, when he came out and he smashed a, smashed I think it was against wolves or something like that yeah um, the first and game they said it was wrong and i think it was last week somebody did exactly the same and then nothing happens. Um, that's the, the, the decision today for me. As I said earlier, is going to um, breed inconsistency because you're going to see uh, every every decision like that. You're going to see that kind of pulling and pushing. One, George.
3: So, so obviously, if you look at any corner from any game in the Prem, um, away from the ball, there'll be someone in that box holding on to someone. Would you give that if if it's away from the ball as another player getting held back? Would you say then that comes into that bracket where you've got to give a penalty for that?
1: No, yeah, and and I think that's the point I made yeah. earlier, Jordan, is that that both teams will defend in the same way. So, like, it, it's not like we're being unfair to anyone. It's it's actually, if anything, let's just accept the way that's the way teams are going to defend. And if it's if it's a really bad rugby tackle, then yeah, great, let's let's penalise it. But actually, that that normal level of jostling, holding. Pushing, pulling at a corner kick—it's going to happen because you've got a, a large number of players jostling for a small amount of space. It, it, to, it, football is a contact sport; it should still continue to be a contact sport. I'm not—you know—I I, don't—I don't want to see loads of pushing and pulling, but I think it's almost we are almost at a point where I don't know what you guys think as from a non-referee perspective, but even for me as a referee perspective, I, I think we have to allow that level of contact at corners.
3: Yeah, I think I don't even call me old, or I think I'm old school. But I like the old game where you could give a bit of, give him a bit of a push and a pull, yeah. and you get it back. And that's just the way football was. And well, that's the way I preferred it. What it are you going to do? Headbutt him in
0: the armpit, Jordan? So,
2: <laughs> I like, I go for the knees, don't I? I go for the knees. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, do you know what? I get where Jordan's coming from, but I think when I was at Chens yesterday, I think what you're saying does work. But then it makes it allows players to take the Mick elsewhere along the pitch. Yeah. To the, so that happened a lot for that game, because obviously it's a cut game, obviously it's a local derby, blah 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 blah. All those factors. One challenge, one player, absolutely lot, spear a player, rugby tackle, spear a player, the ref
1: give nothing.
0: Hey, ben, need, leave my mate but, Ben Ben mate. <laughs> but
1: I suppose Sam the, the other the other option there is we've got is we we go back to and it, it almost got a bit like so predictable from a refereeing perspective, the way referees are being coached, right? So you'd see a bit of jostling in the box and the referee would blow his whistle, ask them to, to, to wait, not, not take the, not take the corner. They'd go in, they'd have a word with the two players that are, that are jostling. They'd say, all right, stop doing that. Stop doing that. The corner would come in and we'd just give a defensive free kick, regardless of what happened, regardless, yeah, just yeah. to make a point. And, and then it, it almost became like people were going, "Oh yeah, good refereeing." It's not good refereeing. Yeah. Like you're just you're just making up something to prove a point. And I, I don't know what the answer is because you know I, I I mentioned earlier, my dad comes to watch all my games and he moans about how much physical contact I let go in those situations. So I'm the worst one for it. But I just I don't know what the answer is because we can go down that route of manufacturing decisions just to make a point that we shouldn't be jostling and and we're certainly not going to give penalties so we're just going to give defensive free kicks because as we saw today nobody wants a soft penalty for a bit of a shirt pull in in the box. So it's a really difficult where's the balance? Where where do we go with it? I don't know.
0: I mean it's not often you say you don't know mate to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) Well just don't give it. It's interesting what you're saying though I mean this is probably an argument for a Another day, but when you give that defensive free kick, now nobody's talking about that at the end of the game, are they? Whereas if you give a penalty, no, everybody's talking about it. But with, that, that, with VAR, you can't, you know, it, it on Sunday league this morning, I could get away with it, no one's talking about it. Um, you know, in your games, you can get away with it, whereas in the Premier League, you can't get, get away with it,
1: yeah, and, that, and that's that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, that's why people were we're applauding it as good refereeing because it's safe refereeing. So you're not putting yourself in any danger because you're just given a defensive free kick that everyone would have forgotten about by the time that the full-time whistle goes. So in that sense, from a refereeing perspective, yeah, it's great. But from a player's perspective, from a coach's perspective, I imagine it'll be really frustrating because it will just become so predictable. The first corner of every game, that whole scenario will just be played out and it will result in a defensive free kick and everyone will be like, Oh, what's the point? Why, why are we doing this?
0: So going back to Sam, go, I'm coming to you now. So um, recently, you were manager in the uh, Northants combination. What do you think? Oh, of, what What did you think of the refereeing standard in what you were seeing? Let's move on oh, from that. Dear. Um, <laughs> 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 we were talking. Um, we were Steve, talking. Uh, yeah, Some go on. of them, some of go them on. were
2: good. Some of them. So the season before, I was with uh, Rawls as well. Oh, sorry, last season. Yeah, last season I was with Rawls as well. So I've seen different levels of standards um, in regards to refereeing. For me personally, the reason I say about hearing um, the VAR decisions is for me, I love a ref that's willing to talk to me. If a ref is not just to not find himself, but if I ask a question and he gives me an answer, I'm more willing to listen to what he's got to say. I'm more willing to tell my players to back off. I'm more willing to not do things that might that might get me that extra 1%. Do you know what I'm saying? Like. <sighs>
0: Mate, I'll tell you what, I, mate. I've
2: had some refs that are horrible. Like yeah. The ref on Tuesday,
0: same ref on
2: Tuesday <laughs> at Chens and the same ref yesterday at Chen's, I, I personally felt he had poor game both games because he didn't talk to people. And it, it felt like he was making up rules that i have never heard of.
3: Do
2: you know what I'm saying? And, and he's not justifying them. So if he justified them to the coaches, because I, I like to stand in between the dugouts because I'm one of those type of people. If he's justifying the decisions, he would have took the sting out of the situation. Like for me, that's that's a good a good ref for me. Talk to me, talk to my players, and don't make the game about yourself.
0: I mean, have I, have I agree with you a little bit. Go on, George, you go first, and then I'll come sorry, back. Sorry,
3: sorry, I was, I was going to say, I've reviewed ref against one of Sam's
0: teams. I,
2: I've,
3: I've,
0: I've ref some. I don't teams, think strong. so. I have. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I referee many preseason games. I did two. I did both the uh, first when you were at Hayford, I did the first team and the reserves back to back. You yeah, see, a, nice? a good referee's is never noticed, notice. but anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. I forgot what I was going to say now. Um, Sorry. It's, yeah.
2: it's I must all... have been polite. I must yeah, you, have been polite. You,
0: you, you were lovely. You were lovely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, uh, a good Your name's like Jakob or, uh, or right, whoa, 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 whoa. Anyway, um, <laughs> what I was going to say is, that's all good what you said, but I will, hmm. I'll challenge you because, you know, we're in an, an environment where we can, we can challenge each other. Um, it's only good... If the player you're talking to listens to you, so at the end of today's game, which was you know it stands by Nate barrels, you can imagine it, you know it was a, a, a tough all the encounter, um, and I did say at the end there's not many referees who could have handled it, but thought I did all right. Um, and I did tell some bloke before the game that we got, the, as I said to Luke earlier, got the big dogs out. Um, but I said to one of the gaffers, I said when I go to sleep tonight, I'm gonna li- I'm gonna hear about number four. <laughs> oh, whatever number he was um, because all he's done is talk the whole game and even though I've tried to talk to him and explain things whatever I said he, he was never he, it's one of those players Luke isn't it where they never just tip the, they tip the point over you know tip it over the balance of dissent as such it's just they're always nibbling and those are the most I think they're the most annoying players
1: yeah they are um,
0: but I mean, I know it, you swear to them. No, you don't. Obviously, you don't swear yeah. them because that's not. No, that's I don't
1: know. No. How dare you <laughs> accuse me of such things? Uh, <laughs> no, but we're, we we all have our own ways of dealing with those types of players, don't we? And, uh, But I don't. I've I've never been a fan of the the ignore them approach because that that just Escalates infuriates the them. Yeah, it just infuriates them more. It adds fuel to the fire, and then. What what was just gonna be uh, uh, a a talking to for back chat then escalates to either a yellow card or a red card because you haven't engaged in that conversation and I know that's probably an unpopular opinion amongst refereeing circles but we we have to we have to be able to engage in conversation and. Not not extended conversation, because obviously we've got a job to do, but w- we have to be able to have a conversation briefly about what we've seen, about what we've given, why we've given it, why we've not given it. And if we can't do that, then we're, we're opening ourselves up to but, criticism. But, Luke, but also... Luke,
0: I've got to... I'm going back to what you said, Sam, as well. It's, it's just like, it's hit me. Like, the thing you want, Sam, is you want people to talk to your players, but because of the system... Of coming through, you know, Luke, you've got the experience. You're an intelligent bloke, and I'm not going to record that on podcast. I'm going to try and delete it if I can for my. Uh, <laughs> I'm not clever enough. But you know how to talk to players, and you know what to say to them. Whereas a lot of these referees coming through, they don't have that capacity or that life experience to be able to do that. It's a. Re- it's. I mean, I'm I'm an educated man. You know, I've got a decent job in the world of education. Um, never said that before, but. It's a really difficult thing. You tr- what you're trying to do is appease somebody who you've just annoyed. And that's a really difficult thing to do if you haven't got that experience.
2: Can I stun you with this one, Wayne? I would suggest the refs in recent times, um, I'd say in the last two or three seasons, the ones that have really got on my nerves and have not spoken to, it, to me or have not spoken to my players are the older referees. Really? I'll be honest. I can think of two white-haired referees who I won't name who were uh, very stubborn, as in would just not talk to you. So I, I remember it was a Rawns... No, it wasn't it.
0: No, no, um, but it, it does ra- annoy ra- me. It annoys me that uh, players, like referees, don't do that. But then, go on, carry on, sorry to interrupt.
2: I think one of them was Rawns, uh, Rawns going away. I think it might have been um, Ironsbury. I think the ref was an old boy, or the lineup was an old boy, like really, really old boy, asking a decision. It's the belting down rain on a Tuesday night. You don't really want to be there yourself, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And he's just not talking to you whatsoever, and he's not even acknowledging that you want to make a server or stuff like. You know, it just winds up the situation. And I'll be honest, at that point, I've lost my head and kind of said to a couple of players, "Just treat him a bit naughty now. If he's not going to give you respect, then give it back." But so it, it I, does. I, I get what you're saying in regards to experience. But as I said, some of the younger ones, I get what you're saying about life experience also. But I think they realise that if you talk to people, it's going to if the more friendly you are to people the more friendly they are to you generally i think that's in life as well as reffing
1: but it's it's also like, i don't think i don't think we're asking a lot because these referees are giving decisions based on something they've seen now i would expect every referee that is giving a decision based on something they've seen to be able to briefly explain what they've seen so you know and and it's a, it's a it's a really good exercise to do with referees and we do it quite often in in training is Play him a clip. Actually, forget about the overall decision to start with. Just tell me exactly what you've just seen, and be able to explain it in words that make sense and actually accurately explain what's just happened. Because it's a, it's a more difficult skill than you think. But I expect every referee to be able to do it because you've just made a decision based on what you've seen. So you should be able to briefly explain to somebody who's asking what you've just seen. Was it a trip? Was it a push? And, and that's all the players are asking for. you know. In my opinion, you've tripped him. Like, oh, I got the ball, ref. Well, I, I didn't think you did. End of conversation. And, and that is the end of the conversation. It might not be the end of the conversation for the player, but the referee mm-hmm. doesn't have to say anything more. I didn't think you got the ball. It's, it's, it's as simple as that, really, isn't it? That's, that's all we're asking. It's when you give that free kick, the player comes over and the referee just says, go away. That's when those barriers go up and then the players get a little bit more infuriated. It's... You know, we're not we're not asking for a twenty minute conversation. We're just saying justify your decision.
2: I think it helps ref authority as well. Because mm. if you've got away with like a, a little nibble that is like a little cheeky one, and then the ref says I saw that, yeah. you wouldn't do it again. No, and it would just stop that straight away. So you know, like as a court, like Jordan was saying with a corner, if I'm tugging away at someone's armpit hair or trying to like grab their nipples or something, do you know what I'm saying? Anything to go and put them off, and yeah. ref goes, "Oh, stop that now." and says, I saw you do that, it would stop me because I'd be like, oh, he knows, he knows the, yeah. the trade.
1: Yeah. And, and don't get me, I, I bet, Sam, you, you'd still play dumb though, wouldn't you? you like when the referee you. said that, you'd go, what are you on about? But in your, Sorry, but, and, and I've done, I've done yeah. that so many times. I've said that to because I know what I've seen and he he looks at me like, what are you on about? But in my head, I'm like, yeah, I've got him. I've got him. Yeah, because yeah. that's exactly the reaction I would expect. What are you on about, ref? No, no, not me. No, I haven't done anything but that and then you're right it doesn't happen again because you've clocked it you know that I've clocked it and then we all just move on so it's that's just that's just a little bit of experience little bit of life experience just those interactions actually as a ref you know you're one up on that player then
3: hmm.
0: right the um the result of a good chat is that it goes on for a long time which is this is, is going for a long time long? <laughs> so um you know in our in my hour I misd- will because you're part of my show Luke our misdemeanors of um, recording last week I asked these two who their favourite referee was and one of them, I'm not going to name and shame them because it wouldn't be fair Sam and one of them said that well, <laughs> their favourite referee was Aaron Lloyd, do you know him? Aaron Lloyd I've heard of him, yeah. 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 So I'm going to go back again. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Jordan. <laughs> Who's your favourite referee in the county, um, beginning with W and the second? Name yeah. the... <laughs> I'm desperately trying to think of another referee. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, Warren Chandler. Sure
2: uh,
0: <laughs> is it, is it, is it Walmart, Walmart? Yeah. yeah. Andy Warmer. <laughs> Andy Warmer, yeah. We've got <laughs> Andy Warmer. What about you, Sam? Uh, I could tell you a
2: few bits now.
0: we'll we'll stop we'll we'll cut it out out. Um, (laughs) we won't cut it out Um, first of all um, thanks for joining us I think that chat's been absolutely brilliant uh, genuinely Um, and secondly uh, the show the work you've done for Northamptonshire and I know you're going to get involved with the NCFA and I've I've already told Luke that you're going to get involved with the NFA now and he's one of the big dogs up there so you know the stuff that you're doing for them as well I'm sure they'll share it through their social media channels because what you're doing is fantastic. Um, but yeah, we're excited to join you in the, uh, the Shire Sounds radio um, revolution that's moving forward. I'm sure we'll add those listeners to your... uh or put them off. Well, I mean, what, what can go wrong, let's be honest, after tonight? I think
2: um, before we go as well, Wayne, just to kind of plug our uh, YouTube because we're obviously looking for our subscribers now that we're kind of getting out of there a little bit more. That's uh, yeah. so MPTN. Yeah. Um, is our YouTube channel. So we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll share it on, mate.
0: We're, we're, like, we're like a big family, a big that's football it. and refereeing family, aren't we, Luke?
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll get that on the NFA as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll put that on oh, there. I appreciate that, lads. I totally appreciate, you
0: two, appreciate that. You two, so, top logs. For, well looking looking forward, done, you two. To, uh,
1: Go on. Looking forward to creating a good partnership
3: with you. So, yeah. <laughs> Keep uh, up the good uh, work. It'll be, good, be good fun going forward. Absolutely.
0: Indeed. And, uh, I mean, we might d- disagree on a few refereeing decisions here and there, but that's life, isn't it? Sure Gallagher can't get it right. <laughs> what can we do? Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Thanks for that. No, thanks for that. No, it's, yeah. not, it's, not, it's not work. So welcome along to part number three, final part of the sake, episode number 11, series two. We didn't get to the quiz in the end. Daryl Horner was on standby, by the way, Luke. Well, have you, have you stood him down? Nah, I stood him down. He's probably doing a, a, an ultra somewhere, you know. <laughs> He's probably been like 35 miles or something. Poor bloke. On one leg. <laughs> <sighs>
1: uh, it would have been nice to catch up with him, but we haven't had time, have we?
0: We haven't. It was a busy, 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 busy episode, so um, we'll catch up him next week. He can be next on the uh, Minute to Winner um, quiz. I've got two good categories as well, but I won't share them live because otherwise people know and do their research yeah. but it's been a good good episode that was a good chat by the way
1: yeah i really enjoyed that uh, I, I, it almost just felt like we were just talking football um down the pub didn't it like that could have gone on forever that like, you had to rein it in didn't you
0: i did because i looked at me old uh, the old stop clock on the um <laughs> podcast recording equipment hopefully this week we'll uh, people will be able to hear this
1: well, yeah. I mean, it's positive
0: that the positive uh, the podcast recording equipment is turned on. Positive that the podcast equipment is turned on. Positive that the podcast podcast is positive. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll be back next week with uh, number twelve, hopefully. Lots to chat about. We've got. I'm hoping we're going to have an, uh, a youth football special, talking about what we can do to support our youth referees across the county. Our numbers are going up, so keep uh, subscribing on apple if you give us a little uh, rating that helps us generally if you give us five stars that really helps us if you don't don't bother because you're not helping us basically but yeah thank you for everybody who's uh keeps listening and uh we will see you again next week luke won't we we will have You have got any games this week have you, i mean you haven't been putting put some stuff in the socials where you haven't been getting many games you got a game this week
1: yeah, I've had a bit of a drought, but I'm, I'm back out at uh, Hell's
0: Owen on Saturday. Oh, lovely. And uh, we will catch you next week for episode number 12. As I said, keep subscribing. Keep listening on the old Apple, Spotify, Amazon. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We're on Facebook. We're on X. We're here, there, and everywhere. We'll see you again next week. Take care, everybody. Have a lovely week.
1: Bye-bye.